talking about far and wide and what God is calling us to accomplish as a church, as individuals, as a group of people. Second Corinthians chapter nine. Second Corinthians chapter nine, we will start in verse six. Look at your neighbor really quick and say, settle down. He's not really talking about money today. Just turn to him and say, settle down. Settle down. It's going to be okay. It's going to be okay. Because you're, because I'm going to read this and you're, you're going to look over. You're like, you invited me to church and he's talking about money. He's beating me up the first thing we came in here. Just settle down. Second Corinthians chapter nine, verse six. Remember this, whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. And whoever sows generously will also reap generously. Each one of you should give But you have decided in your heart to give, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. Here's what I'm going to talk about today, verse 8. And God is able to bless you abundantly, so that in all things at all times, having all that you need, you will abound in every good work. Father, we thank you for your word to us this morning. It has a capability to change our lives, our destinies. Today could be one of those days. So we ask you to open our hearts that we receive from you today and change us. In Christ's name we pray and everyone said, amen. All right, you may be seated. A little backstory on this. This is Paul's second letter to the Corinthians. The church in Jerusalem was suffering uh, immensely and they had gone through a famine. And Paul was going around to the churches he had established and and raising an offering to support the church in Jerusalem. It was a good thing to do. Chapter 8 of 2 Corinthians, he mentions that the Macedonian church, out of their great need and out of their poverty, had welled up with an immense amount of generosity. And so he's using that uh, to talk to the Corinthian church. The Corinthian church had already prepared to give. And Paul said, listen, out of the great need and poverty of the Macedonian church, their generosity welled up and it brought glory to God. And he's saying... Okay, we're coming. Make sure you make good on this. But then he gets to verse 8. And I started thinking about how, how we, how I, I say we, like everybody's just like me. I started thinking about how I plan for things to happen and I look forward to things happening. Paul, let me do this. Let me read it in another, in another translation if I could, another version of the Bible. Has anybody ever read the Amplified Version? Got a whole lot of parentheses in that thing. Okay, so I'm going to read it in the Amplified Version, and I want you to, I want you to listen to it in this way. Now remember this. He who sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. And he who sows generously, that blessings may come to others. I'm sowing blessing into other people. We'll also reap generously and be blessed. Let each one thoughtfully and with purpose. Did you hear that? Thoughtfully and with purpose. I'm doing it on purpose. Just as he has decided in his heart, not grudgingly or under compulsion. For God loves a cheerful giver and delights in the one whose heart is in his gift. Now verse 8. And God is able to make all grace, every favor and earthly blessing, come in abundance to you so that you may always, say always, 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 
I don't care what you walked in here this morning dealing with. I don't care about, I do care about your circumstance. But in this context, circumstance isn't as important. Your need is not as important. Because Paul is painting the picture that always, under all circumstances, regardless of the need, we can have complete sufficiency in everything, being completely self-sufficient in him, and have an abundance for every good work and act of charity. That's a promise, isn't it? So I started thinking about the conditions of the promise. Promises are always conditional, right? We got a promise from the bank this morning, conditionally, uh, on the condition that we would pay the mortgage. Your house, you own your house under that condition as well. And then when you pay the house off, you own the house on the condition that you will pay your taxes. Yeah, you don't really own it. Don't pay your taxes for four years. And I'll go down the courthouse steps and I'll own it. <laughs> so, so what happens is promises are always conditional. They're always conditional. Marriage promise is conditional. Till death do us part. <laughs> I mean, that's a big condition, but it is a condition. So, so what Paul is saying here is that he's promising the Corinthian church that if you will abound in good works, here's the promise that God is making. In every circumstance, regardless of the need, you will have all that you need. He In the Amplified Version, it actually says you'll be self-sufficient in Him. So he kind of busted up in circumstance and need. Don't, you know the two are different, right? You can be in a circumstance and have a need you could be at a good circumstance, have a really big need. You could be in a bad circumstance and have a really big need. You can be in a bad circumstance and have a little need. The circumstance doesn't always dictate the need you have. It just is explaining the context that you're in and, and then you have a need. So I am in this context and then the need arises. So Paul says whatever circumstance you're in, God will provide. Whatever circumstance you're in, God will provide. Look at your neighbor and say, it doesn't matter my circumstance, God will provide. It doesn't matter the circumstance you're in. So that's encouraging. That's an extremely encouraging thing. God does not base his provision to us based on our circumstances. So your provision is not linked to your boss. You can walk around and say, well, my boss doesn't like me, probably not going to get a raise this year. I don't believe that's true. So what happens is we let our circumstances affect our planning. And so if our circumstances a certain way, we recoil from planning good works, don't we? Am I the only person in here that does that? So we end up letting our circumstance dictate how we plan in the future. Well, I'm locked into this job. I can't do anything more than this. I'm going to tap out on my raises. I've been here so long. So I can only plan for X. Paul writes to the Corinthians and says, circumstance doesn't matter. Oh. Oh, okay. So you're saying that if I make $20,000 a year, I can still plan to do good things? That's what Paul's saying. If I work part-time, and go to school 
and I don't have enough to put gas in the tank to get to school, I can still plan to do good things. Paul said the circumstance didn't matter. In every circumstance. We read this again in Philippians when he says, don't be anxious about anything, but in every, well, he doesn't say circumstance, he says situation. In every situation, bring your request to God with thanksgiving. And he will give you peace. So he says the circumstance doesn't matter. God can provide for you no matter what the circumstance is. Come on, you should be able to just go like, wow. That takes a lot of pressure off, doesn't it? Okay, my circumstance looks like this this morning, but that does not withhold the hand of God. This is my circumstance, but God is more than your circumstance. This is where I'm at, but he can provide over and above what I'm receiving in my circumstance right now. The reason why God does this is because the reason why Paul writes this and God does this is he knows that we wouldn't accomplish all that he's called us to accomplish if our minds were always fixed on our circumstance and need. Because what is possible through God is not dependent on your circumstance or how big the need is. What's possible with God is just possible with God. It's not based on anything else but that God is God. It's based on that he can be, he's all sufficient and doesn't need anything else. It's based on no plan of his can be thwarted, Job said. It's based on that he knows the end from the beginning. It's based on that he's omniscient and all powerful and all knowing. He's everywhere all the time. Everything he needs and you need is in him. He doesn't need anything else to complete him. And so you and him are enough to get anything done. Regardless of your circumstance. So Paul starts off right at the beginning in any circumstance. Don't be anxious about anything. God knows every circumstance before you got in it. So he provided for you before you even got in it. The Bible teaches us. So he differentiates circumstance and need. Now what we can do is we can allow the circumstance to dictate how we plan for the future. But then the need comes and that really kills us, doesn't it? That really kills us. I tend to be uh, a, somewhat of a self-sufficient guy. Would you say that's true? And I'm going to be super transparent. Not, not super because that gets weird. Um, <laughs> but I'm going to be transparent let you know that I have, I have a little pride issue. I know none of you struggle with that. But God has given me the capacity to be good at a lot of things. And so I, I've never been the guy that's afraid to try anything. Except I, I tried Brussels sprouts a couple times. <laughs> and I'm just not doing it again. It's not, it's not worth the calories. It's really not. <clears throat> but I've had the fortunate ability in my life to be able to pick up on things pretty quick. So that poses a problem for me. Because anything that I feel like God's calling me to do, I feel like it should be paid for, paid for and worked out in my own capability. So my circumstance really affects that. And the need really affects that mentality. Because, because if I don't make enough money to do what I want to do, and I feel like I'm the only source, then I don't plan to do what I think I was supposed to do. Because I'm the only source. So I still, to this day, have times where I think, I think this is what God wants me to do. And so I'll start plotting out I could do this. I could make a thousand dollars here. I could make two thousand. I could make ten thousand here. I could do. I could do this. 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 And I'll plot out in my mind how I can come up with it. 
Which I don't think is a bad thing. I don't think you should be a sluggard and just sit around and be like, well, Lord, I mean, if you call me to do it, you'll drop it out of the sky. I don't think we should do that. But I tend to limit myself at times, either because I don't think I have enough time to get it together or I can't just come up with the resources. So the first trip I made to Africa, I don't, you know, I I was sitting around like, man, I don't, I don't know about this. Um, uh, The plane ticket alone was $2,000. I don't fly that nice airline anymore. (laughs) I'm like, how much is it to sit with the luggage? Um, So, so what happens to me is I rarely ever anticipate God providing Outside of me. Because of pride. Because I want him to do it in and through me. I don't want him to do it outside of me. But God didn't specify how he would do it. He just specified that he would do it. Amen. He specified that regardless of your circumstance. I don't care where you work. I don't care if the economy's up. I don't care if the economy's down. I don't care if your 401k has tanked. I don't care if you just lost your shirt in Bitcoin. (laughs) I'm looking around for the sad faces. Your circumstance doesn't matter. If I've called you to it, I'll provide for it. The issue is Chris has to get over the idea that I'm the sole provider. Because he has resources outside of me. And so what happens is, God will provide outside of me, and then I'll do the whole thing like, oh man, no, thanks. This is weird. God, why are you... And so, the result of that, I rarely plan for him to provide outside of me. Now, I need you to follow my logic here, because we're going to get to the end of this. And Paul uses the word abound, which I think we should start using all over again. It's not a common word, but it's neat. So he says, your circumstance doesn't matter. And oh, by the way, the need isn't the important thing either. It doesn't matter what the need is. You know, we always gauge whether it's a serious thing or not by the amount of the need, right? We never get excited going to the doctor and getting a $30 copay. We get excited when he goes, hey, if you got an extra 50 grand laying around, we'd like to do the surgery tomorrow. That's when we get excited. But I have to believe the same God that can provide for a $30 copay can provide for a $50,000 surgery. Amen? So he said the need isn't even the problem. The Bible says he owns the cattle on a thousand hills. And God's looking at us going, the last time I looked at the hills, there were still cattle on them. So what happens with the church and our planning and, and individually in our planning, we're, we're, we're trying to gauge, you know, am I going to get a raise? Am I, is this going to happen? Am I going to get a promotion? Am I going to get a bonus? Is, is the stock market up? Is it down? Is it, I gotta, I gotta, I gotta, I gotta figure out which way the wind's blowing. I gotta, I, I, I can't plan to do too many good things because I don't know where this is going. And oftentimes in economic, bad economic situations, the church will even recoil as a whole. Because we're going, I don't know where this is headed. It could be really bad. People are losing their jobs. I don't know where it's going. But you notice that Paul writes to the Corinthians and he says, listen, remember the Macedonians? It didn't matter. Then people were broke. They gave anyway. It didn't matter. They didn't let their circumstance or the need 
keep them from planning on doing something good. So we have whatever circumstance you're in, Paul says, doesn't matter. Then he says, whatever need you have, he said, that's not the issue either. He said, God is capable of providing an abundance in both of those things. No matter what your circumstances, no matter what your need, God can provide an abundance. We need to be convinced of that this morning. That he can provide an abundance. He's trying to convince them of this because you have to be convinced to do what he's getting ready to say. Philippians 4.19, my God will supply all of your needs. He'll meet all of your needs according to the riches of his glory in Christ Jesus. Now he turns and he uses this term abound in every good work. I'm, I'm still glad there's a dictionary online. I don't think we have a paper one anymore. Merriam-Webster dictionary says this. To abound means to be present in large numbers or in great quantity. To be prevalent. It's like a business in which opportunities abound. There's a lot of them. It means to be copiously supplied. That's another word we could use. Have copious amounts of grace. It means that, that you're like piling it on. You're abounding in it. There's a lot of it. It's, it's, it's piling up. It's stacking up. There's a lot of it to go around. I'm abounding in grace. I'm abounding in mer- So Paul uses it in this term. Abounding in good works. Abounding. He said, you're going to pile up the good works. So watch this. Watch the progression. It doesn't matter what circumstance you're in. It doesn't matter what the need in. He will provide all of these things so that you can abound. You can stack up good works. So watch. So then I think like this. I think if he promised me that, the goal is good works to abound, to stack them up, stack them up, stack them up. Then I can actually, no matter what situation in life I'm in, I can plan to do a good work and he will provide for me to complete it. The trouble is, is that I have to plan for it. Oh, that's contradictory to my circumstance. Well, why are you planning on vacation? Well, I mean, I mean, I'm planning on vacation because I'm planning on still having a job, right? I'm planning on still having a job. And so in light of me still having a job, I can plan on going to go on vacation. That's how we do it, right? We don't look and say, man, I I think I'm getting fired in three weeks. Let's go ahead and book the hotel. (laughs) Let's go ahead and do that. No, we, we do this. We, we're, we're planning for the income to come in later. Come on now, you do the same thing I do. You're like, I'm getting $1,000 next Tuesday. I think I'll get me a belt buckle. <laughs> That's poor planning, by the way. So, so we think ahead with our personal lives, right? We think ahead. We're, we're going... I'm going to get a bonus in August, so I'm planning Christmas vacation. I'm going to get a pool. I'm planning on it. And But listen, everyone always cautions us of doing that, right? Don't you? Don't count your before they. It's still a chicken. 
what's in the egg? The likelihood is it's going to hatch, right? So we're always cautioned not to do that. Paul's telling us to do the exact opposite. He's telling us in this thing, no matter what circumstance, no matter what the need, you abound in good works taken care of. Oh, wait a second here. So you're telling me if I plan to abound in good works, then I can count on on the resources. That's what Paul's saying. If I plan on doing good things, if I plan on blessing others, if I plan on doing good things that God's called me to do, I can count on the supply. So watch. We have to retrain ourselves because we don't see the supply, so we don't make the plan. We don't see where it's coming from. We don't see, Lord, I don't understand how this is going to happen. I don't have any money. I'm in a difficult situation right now. And he's saying, I, didn't, I told you I didn't care about your situation in the context of this. I told you the need wasn't the problem. I, I need you to plan something. I need you to plan something. If you would step out in faith like this and plan to do something, I can provide for it. If you don't plan to do anything, there's nothing to provide for. How many of you have ever gotten a pile of money you didn't have a plan for? Just walk in a big old wad full of cash. You're like, I don't know, I'm going to buy a truck today. I have no idea. I didn't even tell my wife. I just got a whole pocket full of money. I'm going to go in and get a truck. Just walk in. It sounds like a good thing to do. I didn't have a plan today. I was off and I got $10,000 in my pocket. What can I get with $10,000? I don't have a plan for it. The basics of good financial stewardship is that you have a plan. Or you will have a yard full of trucks and no house. <laughs> some, husband, some wives are looking at their husbands going, I mean, we, we've been there, baby. We've been there. Back two trucks up together and put a tent over it and we slept in that thing. Paul is saying plan well and the provision will come. Ephesians 2.10 We are God's workmanship created in Christ Jesus to do good works. Right? Which he he was planning for us to do it. So here's the thing. You planning doesn't catch God off guard because he was already planning on you planning. So God is saying to us through Paul's letter to Corinthians, if you'll plan to abound in good works, it doesn't matter what your circumstance, it doesn't matter your income, it doesn't matter your need. If you'll plan to do good works, if you'll change your way of thinking and not be tied to the resource, but tied to the deed, if you'll be tied to what I've called you to do, I'll make sure there's always enough to do it. But you've got to get your head unwrapped from the idea that the bank account doesn't fit the need because he didn't call you to make the bank account fit the need. He called you to do what he called you to do and he'd take care of the need. So we see it over and over and over in scripture. There wasn't enough. They went out and planned anyway and he provided. Jesus didn't look at the guys on the side of the mountain and go, hey, listen, we can't have a church meeting here. I can't teach these people today because I'm God and I already know there's not enough food. No, he says, 
Bring them all up anyway. Whatever you have will be enough. So we can go forward in our thinking and we can say, God, this is crazy considering the circumstance I'm in. But I do believe that you're calling me to step out in faith and plan for something great for me to do. I'm going to abound in good works. And by the way, nobody ever gets irritated when you plan on doing something good. I wish you wouldn't be so nice all the time doing all these good things. The fear in my life is I will live in lack because I didn't plan enough good things. And I will complain about God not providing because I wasn't accomplishing the good works that he had planned for me to do in advance. So if I can, if I can tie myself to what he's planned for me to do and I can make that my plans, then if Paul guarantees me no matter what circumstance I find myself in, I'll have enough grace, enough mercy, enough peace, enough love, enough joy, enough money, enough to get everything he's called me to do done. I just need to change the way I think about it. God's workmanship, God's handiwork created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which he prepared in advance for us to do. Let me give you an illustration of what happens when you don't prepare. Luke writes about, they call it the rich fool. This guy planted, rain came, harvest came up, and the Bible specifically says that he had no plan for it. So he got an increase and had no plan for it, and so he just thought about spending it on himself. Where am I going to put all this? I'm going to have to build bigger barns. I'm going to have to store it up. I'm going to have to do all those things. Because now... Now the blessing becomes something I have to manage. You know what's awesome? That if you will determine in your life to be a blessing to someone else, God will manage it for you. Anytime we determine in our lives that it's something we need to keep, it becomes a headache. Doesn't it? More things mean more things to manage. It just does. And so when we can determine in our lives, Lord, I'm bent towards doing your will, towards doing good things. I'm going to abound in this. The story at the end of my life is that I abounded in good works. And so I can let you manage it. I can let you, I can let you work the details out. All I know is I need the money. Give me the best money. Amen. So here's what happens. The rich fool It says that he planted and reaped a great harvest. He said, what will I do with all this? He had no plan whatsoever. He ended up keeping it all for himself, not planning to do anything good with it. And the Bible says, you fool, you you should have known better. Your life is going to be required of you today. What has all this benefited? Nothing. My prayer is that we would be a church that would plan. On doing good things. Not just coming to church on Sunday morning. But plan on doing good things. That it would abound to the point that our. That our that our town would notice. That it would abound to the point. Uh, that the area around us would notice. That it would abound to the point. And we would get confident enough in God. That when we plan we know he'd provide. That when we plan he'd know he'd provide. When we plan he'd know he would provide. So watch this. Stand to your feet. The band's going to come. Try to tie all this together. This this was a really good commitment letter. It was. And I'm so thankful for it. 
there's terms on here. There's, there's, it's good stuff. Paul is saying, if you will plan to do good things, there's a better commitment letter than this. He's saying basically God is writing a commitment letter with no limit on it. Now, we got a really good relationship with the bank, but they're not going to give us unlimited money. They're not stupid. You know what, you know what I just realized? There's actually no interest rate prepayment penalties. There's actually no payment plan on the commitment letter that we're getting. Because when God writes a commitment letter, he's saying, if you will abound in good works, the, the repayment is bringing me glory. That's it. I don't know. I've never set up a payment plan with God. Like, man, get me through this and I'll give you 10 bucks a week until, I don't know. Like I looked at the budget. I mean, it's tight. No, the thing with God is he says, if you'll, if you'll show me the plan, Show me the plan. Let's talk about the plan. Tell me what you plan on doing because I know what I've planned on you doing. And if that will match, if your plan matches my plan, then ask anything that you want. That's actually scripture. If your plan matches my plan, ask anything that you want and I'll write a commitment letter guaranteeing it. So if you go out and plan to accomplish all that I've called you to accomplish, I'll write a commitment letter with no with no prepayment penalty. I'll write one with no borrowing limit. I'll provide in every circumstance, no matter what the need is, so that you can accomplish all that I've called you to do. Every time, all the time, all the way through your life. If you will commit to that, I'll write you a commitment letter that never voids. I believe that's where we are today. That we need to change the way we think about does it fit my resources does it fit god what have you called me to accomplish and can i trust you to provide everything i need to accomplish that and i want to tell you emphatically the answer is yes every time he says i got enough for you to do it i got enough for you to do it just go ahead and put it in motion go ahead and plan to do something good this week i got you covered Go ahead and plan to do something good this week. I've got to take care of. Go ahead and plan being generous. Go ahead and plan on helping somebody. Go ahead and plan on ministering somebody because I've got you covered. And I'm going to tell you something. The best part of my life is when I don't have to worry about me. The most stressless times in my life is when I don't have to worry about me. Because if i got to worry about everybody else and me, then Chris goes sees the shrink. Because I can't handle... Like, what am I going to do and everybody else? But he says, I've got you. I've got you taken care of. So now you can abound in good work and focus on others. Amen. Come on, Father, we thank you this morning. Your commitment to us is without end. It's without limits. Lord, it's a good one. And it's one that you will never withdraw. If we will plan to do your will, God, you said you'd provide every second, everything we need. Lord, I'm hoping that you turn our hearts this morning to trust you in that. 
I'm praying that you turn my heart not to be so self-dependent, Lord, but to know, God, that you can provide in ways outside of my ability. Lord, that you are not confined by my circumstance or my ability or my thinking. Lord, but if I would pray not my will but yours be done, you said you'd provide every time. So help me to think that way, God. Help me to trust you for big things. Help me to trust you for things outside of my ability to make happen. Help me to trust you, God, for what you have pre-planned for me to do. I thank you for it. I give you honor. And we look forward to you doing the work in our lives. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Come on, could you give him honor and praise this morning? He's worthy.